the next frontier of the sexual revolution in America is parental rights. They're going to be coming after parental rights, where parental authority is superseded by child rights. The state seeks to deny Christian parents to oversee the development and upbringing of their children as they see fit. In total stark contrast to what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? A parent's responsibility is. Well, a couple of verses are Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3 says this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Another verse, Proverbs 22, 6, says for parents to train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Except under extreme circumstances, it is the parents, not the state, who should be accountable for children. God gave children to moms and dads, not the government. The state's role should be limited to safeguarding children only in the event of a complete family breakdown, not ideological disagreement. What am I talking about? Well, we're gonna be doing a deep dive into many shocking revelations on this subject right after this. everybody. Welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Zach Drew. And I am Josh Peck. How are you doing today, Zach? I'm doing well. You know, we film on Fridays, so, you know, I love Fridays. Friday's a great day of the week. You Absolutely. know, we get to film the show. We get to bring in the content we're working on all week. And mm -hmm. then we get to go into the weekend. So it's just the best of the best of everything. It's a great day. <laughs> Listen, before we get into today's program, uh, which is going to show you, it's going to have really shocking revelations of, of truly how insane... I mean, talking about the state literally suing entire school districts because they want to notify parents um, that their children are transitioning. Like, it's just so evil, it's so wicked, and it is a sign of God's judgment. It's recorded in the scriptures in, in, in the book of Romans. It is also, I believe it's alluded to, uh, in the curses of Deuteronomy 28, what we're seeing, Absolutely. our children being taken from us is a sign of God's judgment. We're going to be getting into that. Um, but listen, before we do that, we are in our fundraising season. It is November. We have November and December to raise funds. We, um, we, do, we are going off of direct TV next year. So I think it's in mid-January when we will, not, we will no longer be on direct TV. Um, the, and the fact is this, I just need to be real with you. It's incredibly expensive. And those that watch on DirecTV, uh, they give, but it's not enough. We go in the hole. It's so much that even those that are giving, it doesn't, it, it doesn't go over the amount that it actually costs. So we need to be wise stewards with the finances that God gives us. And we're going to re be remaining on Comcast Cable 
everywhere that we are in 15, 20 million homes um, through the PTL Television Network and also TLN. And we need to raise, so we are cutting our fundraiser nearly in half this year because we are going off of DirecTV, but we still, we need your help. And, and I don't say that lightly. We, we really do. If you watch this show and you, and you love what we do, if you believe in what God has, has commissioned us to do in the vision of this ministry, get behind us. We need to raise $40,000 before the new year. Please get involved. You can call the number on your screen that's been on the screen, um, 888-459-5727. And if someone doesn't pick up immediately, just hang out for a minute. Just do us a favor. Bless us and just hang out for a minute. Um, once again, that's 888-459-5727. This will go to maintaining all of our PTL, our Roku, Apple TV, and Comcast Cable uh, all of our TLN to maintain our call center and to our contracts with our web developers. So please get involved. $40,000 is what we have to raise. Um, you can also go to ZachDrewShow.com, click that bright orange donate button, and you can also send it uh, the old-fashioned way. Send it to Zach Drew Show at P.O. Box 797, Decatur, Illinois, 62525. Get involved, and please uh, ask God what a generous amount that you could give to help us for our needs in this coming year. Let's get into it. Wow. I'm going to start off with an article that, uh, it's just wild. I, I, I really do believe in some sense that America as a whole, uh, is under judgment, but I do believe that God will be judging particular States more so. And you can see the promises that God gives us for blessings when we follow him and the curses. And there are certain states that stand out, like California. It's so wicked. It's so wicked. And I want to start with, by reading this article, California funding LGBTQ plus group fighting parental notification. So over the summer, when a Southern California school board opposed a new state determined social studies curriculum that included a biography of slain gay rights activist Harvey Milk. Governor Gavin Newsom issued a threatening tweet calling out the school board president by name. So the school board saying, hey, you know what? Maybe in our studies we shouldn't uh, have this gay rights activist, his biography in there because of X, Y, and Z. Now, whenever you hear what the X, Y, and Z are, you're going to be like, yeah, no kid should be, should be studying and honoring and revering the history of the LGBTQ plus whatever community because of a man like Harvey Milk. Um, so Gavin Newsom, like I said, issued a tweet calling out the school board, school board president by name. And he says this, this isn't Texas or Florida. In the Golden State, our kids have the freedom to learn. That's right. Our kids have the freedom to learn and respect and to reveal outright pedophiles. They have that right. This isn't Florida, people. We like the children mingling with the pedophiles, Right. Congrats, Mr. Kamrowski, which is the president of that particular school district. You have our attention. Stay tuned. Okay. You have our attention. Stay tuned. Wow. What a threat. And uh, it wasn't a hollow threat because Newsom followed up the vague warning with a far more tangible one. Uh, in a subs uh, subsequent statement, the governor labeled the board's reluctance 
to accept the curricula, an act of hate, and announced a $1.5 million fine for what he described as a willful violation of the law. He also threatened a lawsuit and a state Justice Department civil rights investigation. Unbelievable. So come Rossi, the school board president, and other members of the school board were concerned. They were concerned for the kids about this Harvey Milk. That was the guy's name, right? Harvey Milk, this, this slain gay rights activist. They were concerned about his well-documented relationship with a 16-year-old boy whenever he was in his, I believe he was in his late 30s. He was nearly 40 years old. All right, so he and other board members labeled Milk, rightfully so, a pedophile and didn't want his biography included in a supplemental curriculum for, for certain grade levels. A sign of, of wicked times, Isaiah 520, is whenever a people call evil good and good evil. Like, I want to scream. It's just so unbelievably frustrating that there could be an entire state in America that is defending a pedophile and, and they're even they're even literally just trying to destroy an entire school district and they're trying to set a precedent saying if any school district comes against this Marxist, evil, wicked philosophy that is literally born in the pits of hell, we are coming after you. We are going to destroy you. So after Newsom's threat of legal action, unfortunately, the board began to waver. And understand that these radical liberal groups are receiving grants from the government and lobbying their state legislature. That's a huge statement. If you are a conservative in California, they are literally using your tax dollars to subsidize radical left-wing organizations. California is under God's judgment more so than any other state. And I'll speak on that in a moment, but you can, let me, let me get in back into this article to tell you exactly what I'm talking about. Put it on the screen. How could they do this? The article says the Democrat controlled state legislature last month passed a bill that would legalize hefty state fines for school boards that reject state-determined curricula and other state policies. This next part of the article should just make you so angry. The state attorney general also sued a different school district in Chino for requiring parents to be notified when their children began identifying as a different gender in California public schools. The attorney general, the state attorney general sued a school district for trying to keep their parents informed, for trying to destroy the authority that God has given to parents. In mid-October, a judge cited 
at least temporarily, with the state and granted a preliminary injunction against the parent notification policy until he makes a final decision. So Newsom, Attorney General Rob Bonta, State Superintendent of Public Instruction Tony Thurmond, and members of the LGBTQ plus community argue that the school boards are trying to ban textbooks teaching diversity. It's a bunch of crap. They also assert that students in the state public elementary schools who are changing their gender have a right to privacy from their parents who could try to stop them from transitioning or worse, use physical force as punishment for doing so. In late August, Newsom announced the latest rounds of grants to support an effort to combat hate crimes. Among the taxpayer-funded grants is $630,000 to Equality California. Wow, okay, wow, $630,000 grant from California to uh, Equality California. So the Stop the Hate grant to Equality California has sparked criticism from opponents that Newsom is inappropriately using tax, state taxpayer funds to assist the top LGBTQ plus organization fighting parents over school board policies. So Equality California has been at the center of the fight for protecting children's rights, children's rights to change genders without their parents' knowledge in public schools across the state. The group has fiercely opposed the parental rights movement, labeling it homophobic and transphobic, and argues that notifying parents amounts to forcibly outing gender transitioning children, which could lead to physical or emotional harm for these young people who already experience higher rates of depression, mental health, self-harm, and suicide than their peers. Because money is fungible, and the grant can help offset costs for the organization's other work, parental rights advocates have argued that the grant is inappropriately boosting the group's lobbying efforts opposing parental rights policies at local school boards. So, the state, through a grant, gives this radical left-wing organization trying to strip parents from the parental rights and give all the rights to the children so that they can have total and complete control over the children rather than the parents. Like I said, they were given $630,000. So of that $630,000, what did they do with some of that money? Well, according to its 2021 tax filings with the IRS, which is the most recent available, Equality California Institute spent more than $400,000 on lobbying the state legislature and receiving, and receiving nearly $6 million in revenue for that year alone. So once again, like I said, in California... They are literally using taxpayer money to subsidize these radical left-wing organizations. Can you imagine, can you imagine if the American Family Association or the Family Research Council or the NRA received taxpayer dollars? Absolutely not. But if you're a hate-filled liberal extremist, you get a free pass. You're Activities are subsidized by taxpayer dollars. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Actually, you know, in Ohio, a child was removed from a home recently. Here's a couple of things. Um, where Christian parents did not affirm the child's gender transition. Uh, Harvard Law professor Elizabeth 
Bartholet caused a national uproar for suggesting there ought to be a presumptive ban on homeschooling, a popular educational option that shelters children from state-sponsored secular progressivism. MSNBC journalist Melissa uh, Harris-Perry set out the bold, the bold assertion that it is a mistake that American society has thought of children as the, exec, as the exclusive province of parents. She declared, we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities is what she said. A national controversy has erupted where celebrities and intellectuals across the nation are defending the rights of public school teachers to indoctrinate students ages kindergarten through third grade on issues of sexuality and gender. I want to say I want to finish up this and then I want to go to you. Absolutely. The left is for children to have rights that supersede their parents. That is as long as the child is born. Yeah, and it's impossible to overstate really how widespread this is. Right now, <clears throat> over 5,900 schools in 168 districts in the U.S. have rules that prevent school staff from telling parents about a student's gender status. So this directly affects over 3.2 million students nationwide. These, di these districts stretch across blue and red areas of the country, so this isn't isolated to only deep blue big cities. And what's really terrifying is these are only the ones that we know about. Nicole Neely, president of Parents Defending Education, the group that found these numbers, admitted that this, quote, only begins to scratch the surface of what is taking place behind closed doors in America's schools, end quote. She also said, quote, this investigation shows that parental exclusion policies are a problem from coast to coast and that living in a red state does, doesn't mean that families are automatically shielded from this issue. Without a doubt, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of others with similar policies on their books. We urge everyone to keep an eye out and to let us know if they find something similar in their backyard, end quote. Now, keep in mind, this is nothing new. In 2010, a Seattle high school helped a 15-year-old student get an abortion without her parents' permission or knowledge. That was almost 15 years ago, so imagine how much worse it is today, especially behind closed doors. How much more often is this happening today and the news just won't cover it? What makes it worse is back in July of 2022, the Biden administration proposed new Title IX regulations that would allow school district employees to withhold students' gender information from their parents. Now, as of September of this year, Title IX has been delayed, but many are pushing for it, ignoring the dangers and saying that it only prohibits sex discrimination and provides guidance for schools on how to handle student reports of sexual misconduct. Of course, those paying attention know better, and we need to band together and stand against this. Parents need to keep voicing their opinions, speaking at public school board meetings, and especially voting. Once again, parental rights are fundamental rights, and therefore protected by the U.S. Constitution. Parental rights are pre-political, meaning they existed before the formal institution of any government. They are natural rights and cannot be given or taken away by government. Instead, the government's job 
in this area is simply to recognize and uphold these inerrant rights. But everything's changing. Like, it's 2023. Like, this has been how it's been forever, and it's, it's changing now. And, and I understand this. In, in, in God's eyes and, and in a small child, a, a parent in many ways stands in the place of God, right? I mean, we learn about God from our parents. In the physical sense, parents are the child's creator, provider. In the physical sense, you know, understand, provider and lawgiver, teacher and protector. And sometimes even, you know, have a, you know, they save the kids, like a savior, right? I mean, we, we model um, so much of what God has done to our children. A child's response to this relationship will greatly determine his later response to larger relationships in society, and it is absolutely certain to affect his relationship with God. That's why people say, you know, how we view God is often how we'll view our earthly father, you know, and you know, and sometimes we're given great earthly fathers, sometimes we're given horrible. Um, and if we're given horrible, you know, God can God can mold and shape our heart to to for us to recognize that. Um, but that but that is the natural order of things, you know. And since parents represent God in that way, it represents their obligation to live lives worthy of that honor. Ultimately, the responsibilities for keeping His commandment falls on the child, but it begins with, you know, the parents through child training and example. If the parents neither provide the correct example nor teach the correct way, they can hardly expect their children to to honor them. Um, but these these are all biblical concepts that, once again, to go to the top of the show, train up a child in the way he ought to go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. This is, this is a problem to parents. And the state is trying to do this. So the next, the next stage of the sexual revolution, the next thing that they're coming after is parental rights. And there's an article. Um, we're not, we don't have time to get into it because I want you to talk about... Um, Douglas Murray, but this this is article just should speak volumes to you. It was from the Daily Wire, but physician who pioneered transgender hormone treatments for children is now speaking out about the dangers, um, which I'm glad she is. Uh, but uh, yeah, she went ahead and made her money first, but. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and if you want that whole story, make sure you sign up for the Paul Revere Report, uh, Paul Revere Club at ZachDrewShow.com, and you'll get all those notes. So people really ought to sign up for that to get that extra information. But uh, for those not familiar, Douglas Murray had something interesting to say about all this on Joe Rogan's podcast. Douglas Murray is a political commentator and author of numerous books, including The Madness of Crowds, Gender, Race, and Identity. In the episode, Murray brought up up the point that right before the end of civilizations, citing the Greeks and the Romans, an obsession with gender and sexuality springs up. Now, on a later episode, Joe Rogan asked Jordan Peterson about this, and he even took it a step further, saying it's not only gender, though that's a part of it, but it's about tearing down the tearing down of boundaries and categories. So putting these two together, what we find is that at the end of civilizations, there is a breaking down of the natural order of things. Because if you can convince citizens that everything they thought they knew was wrong, and even incentivize them for thinking that, then you can basically do whatever you want at a government level. And when that happens, the society collapses. 
There's a major breakdown of boundaries and categories in America today. Boys are girls, girls are boys, and even the word boy and girl not only don't mean anything anymore, but are treated as offensive words because they're categorical terms. You can identify as anything you'd like now, even adopting identities from the animal kingdom. And what's the response? Celebration and encouragement. There is a high incentive for people, especially kids, to come out as gay or trans because in doing so, the child doesn't have to be under their parent's authority anymore, and the government will even come in against the parent in support of the child. Why are we seeing such a huge explosion in children coming out as LGBTQ+. Because they are rewarded when they do. They are celebrated. All of a sudden, no one's opinion matters, only those who are affirming the child. It's a temptation too great for a child to endure. So ultimately, why is all this happening? Well, Zach is going to go through some Bible verses here that shows this is more than just a sign of the end times. Though it definitely is that. But this is a direct judgment from God because America on a governmental and even societal level has rejected him. And the only ones standing with him anymore are individual Christians like you and me who have have to live in the filth brought on by these rebellious people. May God have mercy on their souls and bring them to repentance. It's the only way that we can get this country back on track. You said something absolutely fascinating that once again, like last week's show, it was a major revelation for what I'm about ready to talk about. Um, I do want to let you know that if you are watching on Comcast cable, you know, or the PTL television network, you know, or the, you know, from TLN, if you're watching on TV, we edit our show, we have to, the industry standard is we edit it down to called what's called a 2830, a 28 minute and 30 second um, show. And so for all of you watching there, you're not going to hear the next several minutes of content to wrap this thing up that is going to bring it all full circle to what the Bible has to say about the times that we're living in. So if you're watching on any of those networks, make sure you just go to Rumble and type in The Zach Drew Show um, or Brighteon. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Bright on, bright on. Bright on. Um, the Zach Drew Show. Or YouTube and Facebook while we're still there. And you'll be able to get the entire program. Because um, we are basically out of time. You might hear another minute or two of content. But we're out of time for the actual networks. And now we will go ahead and continue with what the Bible has to say about these subjects. So here's the thing. You said... In the episode with Douglas Murray on Joe Rogan's platform, that he has studied this, numerous books, right? That he brought up the point that right before, I'm reading your notes here, right before, which I don't do before the show. It's like what you say, like I, it's, it's brand new to me. Right before the end of civilizations, citing the Greeks and Romans, an obsession with gender and sexuality springs up. So right before the total collapse of that particular civilization, a infatuation, this perversity of sexuality runs rampant. All right? And I want to bring out from Scripture that that God doesn't 
the, the model that is set up in Romans is that God doesn't destroy a people because of that sexual deviance. The sexual deviance is a sign of God's judgment. All right, does that make sense? It's a sign that God is judging. But the reason God judges is and destroys a people comes well before that. And it's because we leave the ways of God. We leave the commandments of God. And we forsake what we know is true and what ought to be worshipped. This is exactly what happens when a people abandon God. And I've talked about this a few months ago, and I think it applies to this show right now. And I want to talk about this really quickly for a few moments. Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 23 says this, For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. They began openly rejecting God and worshiping anything other than the one true God. And what we can, what we can get from exegeting the scriptures here is that there are three phases or signs of God's judgment on a people. And that we've entered into that third final stage. So what happened? What are the biblical signs that we are being judged? That's found in the next four verses of Romans chapter 1. So now, remember, sexual deviance, and, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll try to say it better than I said it a few minutes ago. Sexual deviance is the symptom of God's judgment. But the example in Romans chapter 1 is actually it's not the cause of it. Phase 1, Romans 1, 24 and 25. Therefore God gave them up in their lusts and their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So the first sign of God's judgment, that represented the sexual revolution. Once again, they abandoned what they knew about God and decided to, to, to openly reject Him and worship anything other than Him. So therefore, God gave them up to the absolute lusts of their heart, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Right. So a sign was the sexual revolution. Then phase two of the sign is the homosexual revolution. That's Romans 1, 26-27. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So the first sign uh, the, uh, of, of, the, of judgment would be the sexual revolution that the people have abandoned God. So you get signed as the homosexual revolution. The, um, oh, and once again, and why is God sitting in his judgment? Because, verse 28, 
and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God. So that's the reason. So why is God sending his judgment? Why, why, why? They did not see fit to acknowledge God. And phase three, this is where things like transgenderism and pedophilia take place. Um, verse 28 continued. So God gave them up to a debased mind to do whatever not to be done. This is a sign of God's judgment. So what that's fascinating, that a secularist like Douglas Murray can just simply study history and find out that Murray brought up the point in John Williams' podcast that right before the end of civilization, citing the Greeks and the Romans, an obsession with gender and sexuality spring up. Fascinating that the word of God is true. It's alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It is, it is living. It is a living. You know, I often think about like the Library of Congress, right? And like it's like all the books in there. Like if you could like see the spiritual realm, like they're just like normal books and they're just like sitting there. But like I just feel like like the there would there would be like this this massive like bright like vi like it's like vibrating, like there's something about this book that's totally different than all the it's it's alive. It's the word is Jesus, and Jesus became flesh. And so whenever we look at the scriptures, it is the word. And so to see how even as time goes on, it's like it proves the infallib infallibility of the word of God, that it is true. It stands the test of time. We are under God's judgment. And another sign is this. You see in Deuteronomy 28, if you, if you read through Romans chapter 1, if you have the time, read through Romans chapter 1 a couple of times, Really get a, a good, strong feel for it. And then read through a couple of times Deuteronomy 28, okay? So in Deuteronomy 28, once again, it goes through the blessings and the cursings of God. That if you, you know, summarize it, if you love God, if you keep his commandments, um, these blessings will, will follow. Um, and you read those first 14 verses and you're like, my gosh, this literally describes the greatness of, of what we had known to be America. Like it describes, it's like, oh my gosh, like whenever you read about like America, you know, and, and rising above the other nations and the American experiment, how successful we were, it's like, it, it's like you're reading, you know, obviously that took place with Israel whenever they followed God, but it took place with America. Those first 14 verses, it's like, oh my gosh, go read them, go read them. Well, go read them. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, this was America. And then you read the next 56 verses of what happens if you turn away from God, the curses. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, a lot of these are being, are being fulfilled. Oh my gosh, I hope they're not all fulfilled because that would be absolutely terrifying. But one of the curses that a nation of people can expect from God if they turn away from his commands is Deuteronomy 28.32. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people. While your eyes look on and fail with longing for them all day long, but you shall be helpless. I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing these people that represent the kingdom of Satan, whether they know it or not, they truly, they are ambassadors for the kingdom of Satan that seek to take your children from you. We must repent. We must repent. If there is anything 
in our hearts. I'm just talking to the body of Christ at large. If there is anything that is hidden from God, that you, you've given your heart to God, but there's this corner in there that you just haven't quite, and that's my secret corner, that I don't, I'm not ready to repent. I encourage you to repent. I actually, I ask the Holy Spirit right now would come and just convict you of your sin in regards to righteousness. That the coals of conviction would just be burned upon our bodies. That we would repent and that we would desire to live holy, righteous lives that would be pleasing unto the Lord. For we understand 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that the word says, talks about how my people repent and humble themselves, that the Lord will forgive their sins and, and, and heal their land. And like so many have said before me, but they must be con- we must continue to say it. Repentance starts in the body of Christ. Lord, come and forgive us. Forgive me of my sins, Lord God, that I would live righteously and blameless before you and all those that are watching this program right now that we see, we see your hand of judgment upon this nation. I pray that you would have mercy on us as we repent as a body. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, I just want to, once again, parental authority is a biblical and natural concept that should be upheld by the church and by the state alike. And we're reading these. We're reading it. We're seeing these signs of judgment. Uh, once again, um, the symptoms, not the cause of God's judgment. Um, they are wicked, sinful acts. That in my brain, my my brain says they're committing the acts. Send that judgment. Like like, send it. Send it. But no, the the scripture, the scripture, the example in Romans says no. The judgment comes because you abandoned God. And because of that, God gave you over to these lusts that started out with just sexual deviance. Because sin gets darker and darker and darker. You're not satisfied with it. You get, it gets darker, right? And, and, and so they, they, they cast off restraint and they became sexually deviant. And then that wasn't enough. So they became, uh, have, a, have a homosexual deviance. And then that wasn't enough. And that's where we are now. Where it's like now we've got to literally tear apart and mutilate our private parts. And to say that we are entirely different sexes and then engage in sexual acts in a homosexual nature as well. Like it just, it's like what can be done that is more evil and even more wicked, which you can only get that from a completely debased mind which is a sign of God's judgment. That's where we are. We're under judgment. We're under judgment. And once again, we need to repent. We need to repent. I want to finish with this, just simply saying this. You need to be in your word. You need to be in your word. And if I encourage you, if you can, I know that we have such busy lives, but try to be in the word every day. Even if, even if you can just Squeeze in five minutes just to spend that time with God every day. Do it. It's vitally important that we are able to hear and recognize His voice and have that daily relationship with Him.
It doesn't matter what time of history you live in. That's important. That's the, the most important thing in the world. But it, it is incredibly important because we're getting into a time where it's so dark and this dystopic future that they're building. Man, is it going to be important to know Christ's voice. We're out of time. Once again, I want to say before we leave, we are November, December. We are in our fundraising time. We have to raise that money uh, to stay on the air. Um, on all of our Comcast and for our call center and the web, web contracts. We need your help. So please, and I don't say like, oh, we need your help. Uh, yeah, you know, we have like a million bucks to make. No, no, no. It's not, we need your help. We actually need it to continue. So please give generously. Call the number on your screen um, or, you know, uh, go to the website uh, or write us. So get involved. We love you guys. We'll see you next week.